The following audio play is dedicated to the memory of Spencer Prokop. Tonight we present Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Final Problem, adapted by Julie Barrett. Part 2 follows right after this. This portion of the Texas Radio Theater is brought to you by Gourmet Bottled Air. Live in a problem area? Having a bad air day? Have we got an air deal for you? Introducing Gourmet Air. This product isn't just full of air, it's full of lots of air. In fact, it's a whole room's worth. You can choose from hundreds of exotic atmospheres, including... Air India! Air Jamaica! Air France! British Air! Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we seem to have a slight delay. We'll be serving tea and biscuits in the meantime. Thank you. And our especially popular Virgin Air, guaranteed to be completely pure and never before breathed. I, I, I like some Virgin Air, please. Oh, <laughs> certainly, sir. I'll have what he's having. No problem. Get an air trial today. Find Gourmet Air wherever the finest bottled water is sold. Gourmet Air. It's like a breath of fresh... Well, you know. We now return to Act Two of Sherlock Holmes and the Final Problem. Not the first cab. Nor the second. Take me to this address, and don't discard that paper until the end of the day. Ah, here we are. The lower arcade. There you are. Now, to the other side. I'll just make it by 9.15. Ah, cloak collar tipped with red. There he is. I wonder if I should offer him something for this for his trouble. Here you are. Well, he didn't even take it. Half a shilling, eh? Uh, do you have any luggage, sir? As a matter of fact, I... No. No, I have nothing, thank you. No luggage? Uh, you're meeting someone? No. You're lost? No. 
I know exactly where I'm going. You do? Where's that? It's a, it's a train. Which train, sir? Thank you. I know the platform. Oh, crowded this morning, isn't it, sir? Yes, I suppose so. I could push the people out of your way, sir. Clear a path for you. No, no need. Here, thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. But surely, but... surely you can be more help to someone who needs it. See that priest over there? Priest? Over there. He looks lost. He does, sir? See. Over there. But he's not a... Hey, where'd he go? Here's my luggage. And the carriage marked engaged. That must be ours. <clears throat> now, where's Holmes? The clock shows only a few minutes until departure. Signore, my bags, they're gone. Uh, where'd you leave them, father? Not you again. They're gone. Perhaps they're on the train already. No, maybe this man see them. Signore. Sorry, father. I haven't seen your luggage. All aboard! My things! I'm sure I've put them on the train. They must get to Italy. Well, perhaps you could take another look, Porter. They're on the train. He's obviously upset. Just humour him. Right. Um, oh, look, Father. Grazie. I see you found your bags. Do you need any help with them, sir? I do not. Thank you. <sighs> At last. Now, where's... Father... This isn't your compartment. You must be mistaken. Buongiorno. Oh, my oh. bags, they're here. Yes, but this isn't your compartment. <sighs> oh, dear. My dear Watson, uh, you have not even condescended uh, to say good morning. <laughs> good heavens, Holmes. Buongiorno, <laughs> signor. Now, Watson, every precaution is still necessary. I have reason to think that they are hot upon our trail. There is Moriarty himself, pushing his way through the crowd. Well, I see someone with him. Ah, uh, they're too late. With all of our precautions, you can see that we cut it rather close. Have you seen the morning paper, Watson? No. Then you haven't seen about Baker Street, then. Baker Street? They set fire to our rooms last night. No great harm was done. Good heavens, Holmes. This is intolerable. They must have lost my track completely after their assassin was arrested. Otherwise, they could not have imagined that I had returned to my rooms. Mm. They have evidently taken the precaution of watching you, however, and that is what has brought Moriarty to Victoria. You could not have made any slip in coming. I did exactly as you advised. Did you find the brum? Yes, it was waiting. Did you recognize your coachman? No. It was my brother, Mycroft. Uh. It is an advantage to get about in such a case without taking a mercenary into your confidence. But we must plan our next move now. As this is an express, and as the boat runs in connection with it, I should think we have shaken him off very effectively. My dear Watson, you evidently did not realize my meaning when I said that this man may be taken as being on quite the same intellectual plane as myself. Hmm. You do not imagine that if I were the pursuer, I would allow myself to be baffled by so slight an obstacle? Well, what will he do? What I should do. What would you do then? Engage a special train to follow. But it must be too late. By no means. This train stops at Canterbury, and there is always at least a quarter of an hour's delay at the boat. He will catch us there. Well, one would think that we were the criminals. Let us have him arrested on his arrival. It would be to ruin the work of three months. We should get the big fish, but the smaller would dart right and left out of the net. On Monday, we should have them all. No. An arrest is inadmissible. What, then? We shall get out at Canterbury. 
And then? Well, then we must make a cross-country journey to New Haven and so over to Dieppe. Moriarty will again do what I should do. He will get on to Paris, mark down our luggage, and wait for two or three days at the depot. In the meantime, we shall treat ourselves to a couple of carpet bags, encourage the manufacturers of the countries through which we travel, and make our way at our leisure into Switzerland via Luxembourg and Basel. I'm sorry to cause you this distress, Watson. No, distress? Not at all. I'm too old a traveller to be seriously inconvenienced by the loss of a few pieces of luggage. As I knew, Watson. I am, however, quite annoyed at the idea that we must dodge and hide about the area like common criminals, while a man whose record is... the only course of action open to us. Your mind has examined every possible move, then? We shall be in Canterbury soon. Here we are, Watson. Now let us not rush our departure, nor call any undue attention to ourselves. The ticket window is just over there. Excellent. First-class fares for New Haven, please. I should like to reserve a carriage, if possible. Train leaves in one hour from this station, sir. Thank you. One hour. Moriarty must not find us here. Already, you see? There is the smoke. Well, what do we do? Quickly! Behind that pile of luggage! limits, you see, to our friend's intelligence. It would have been a coup de maître had he deduced what I would deduce and acted accordingly. And what would he have done had he overtaken us? There cannot be the least doubt that he would have made a murderous attack upon me. <sighs> it is, however, a game at which two may play. The question now is whether we should take a premature lunch here or run our chance of starving before we reach the buffet at New Haven. of travel, Watson. England, Brussels, now Strasbourg. I must say the Maison Rouge is an excellent hotel. My apologies for the hasty dinner in our quarters. No. Until I receive a reply to the message I telegraphed to the police in London, I must remain here. The food was excellent, and this port is quite decent as well. Holmes, stop pacing. You know how anxious I am to have this matter resolved. I realise that, but wearing down the carpet won't make the police work any faster. Do sit down and have a drink. Well, I suppose you... Aha! Thank you. Damn! 
I might have known it. He has escaped. Moriarty? They have secured the whole gang with the exception of him. He has given them the slip. Of course, when I left the country, there was no one to cope with him. But I did think that I had put the game in their hands. I think that you had better return to England, Watson. Why? Because you will find me a dangerous companion now. Hmm. This man's occupation is gone. He is lost if he returns to London. If I read his character right, he will devote his whole energies to revenging himself upon me. He said as much in our short interview, and I fancy that he meant it. I should certainly recommend you to return to your practice. Certainly not. Are you aware that you sound like a petulant child, Watson? Are you aware you sound like a fool? I cannot guarantee your safety. As you never have in our past adventures. Why should this be any different? Perhaps I have failed to impress upon you that Moriarty now wishes nothing more than my demise. Moriarty will employ any means within his considerable intellect and power to attempt to do so, will he not? If his gang is now in the custody of the police, is there anyone to whom he can entrust details of his plan, much less his own life? Watson, I underestimate you again. (laughs) That is an error I pray I shall not repeat. I propose we make our way to Geneva. Much of the journey from there will be on foot. Are you up to it? When do we leave? Tonight. You've been listening to Act Two of Sherlock Holmes and the Final Problem, a production of the Texas Radio Theater Company. You have been listening to Part Two of Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes and the Final Problem, adapted by Julie Barrett and directed by Richard Froelich. It was produced by the Texas Radio Theater Company in cooperation with the Arlington Museum of Art and featured the voice talents of Robert Clover Brown, Margot Capel, David Grant, Sheila Kadam, Brian Lockett, Richard Miller, Spencer Prokop, and Ken Rainey. Live sound effects were performed by Ken Rainey. This audio play was performed and recorded in front of a studio audience in November 2007 at the Arlington Museum of Art, Grapevine Public Library, ICT Studio, and the Dallas Public Library.